Hey up lads and lasses, it's me, Luke, back with a special happy happy board game loving. Hey by gum! And it's a special uh, pre-essence show. Um, I was just watching uh, a short a test video, I guess, from SN with uh, the Board Game Geek guys. I was watching that. Um, they just did a demo unboxing, and while I was doing it, someone suggested to me that they they wanted to know where the where the pre-essence happy happy board game loving is. You know, we you can set our clocks to us. We we come regularly into your ears. We uh, we speak loving words over you. We stay around. We're 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 like a an ever-present podcast. And so uh, I thought, yeah, I haven't done a pre-essence podcast. Surely I should do one. So uh, my lucky friends, my loyal listeners, I've treated you badly in the past, but today, just for one day, let's remember back to those halcyon days of the happy happy board game loving when we came out at least twice a year and oh oh it's time for just a few more minutes of that glorious past you lucky people Hello, I'm Mike Hibbert from Into the Gamescape, and you're listening to the Happy Happy Board Game Loving, the daily star of gaming podcasts. <laughs> Hibbert, I outlasted you lot at Into the Gamescape. Nah. <coughs> so anyway, um, please don't expect a long podcast right now. Uh, at the minute it's half past one in the morning in the land of the rising sun uh, the, the rising sun's a long way off though and it's pitch black outside except for the romantic neon lights across from me ah oh, there's one for the hotel oh, beautiful there's the lovely flickering lights of the car park and there's one for the sex shop how lovely. Dear listeners, my wife has just waved at me. I've woken her from her slumber. Uh, not really a slumber, she's just gone to sleep, but uh, I was speaking too loudly, so I've had to move into the lounge. And uh, from this window I can see even more wonderful lights. But you're not here for the lights. This isn't the, the happy, happy neon light loving, though I wish it was, to be frank with you. And maybe I'll create a spin-off podcast series. But for now... It's all about the board games. And with Essen just around the corner, in fact they're setting up today. Oh, the chairs and the tables going out. The games being transported there. Oh, people's careers ready to be made or broken. Publishers hoping that that local Germans will flock by the thousands, which they will, to purchase the latest and greatest games, despite the fact they haven't played um, the uh, another third in their collection yet. Uh, so I guess we should look a bit at some games today, but it's not my job to lead us through the hot games that are coming out at Essen. Ah, uh, it's not my job. 
I should leave it to much more revered podcasters than myself. To Doug Garrett with Garrett's Games and Geekiness. To uh, Board Games To Go, another fine podcast. To Even to those guys at The Spiel. Even they did a better job than me. Can you believe it? That true, they've, they've probably got about 500 hours extra of podcasting than me, but it's still a shock that they could cover better than me, but they can. So I'll leave them to it. I'm just here to mumble away, give you something to listen to on your long, rainy commute. Oh, it's still nice and warm here, even into October. But for you guys, you're not so lucky, maybe. So, uh, just thought I'd give some little board gamey snippets. Just a look from left field. We're not going to take things seriously. You can't take life seriously. You can't take games that seriously, surely. I played two games today with my good lady. Uh, we had a day off, it was lovely. Don't normally get a day off on a Tuesday, but because it's Halloween lessons week here as, a, as an English teacher, which is my one of my many jobs, as well as working undercover for the government. <laughs> Whoops. Um, I teach children. And... Uh, we don't teach the Halloween lessons generally, just the Japanese staff do, so uh, we had some days off. And we played Antiquity today, which is lovely to drag out when you can, a fine game. Uh, the wife beat me, can you believe it? I was shocked. And then we played uh, Ryan Akhnesia's um, Samurai, um, a game which I've now played 50 odd times, maybe. And uh, I've been on a good run against the wife, eight wins in a row, but today she ground out a victory. When we looked at the clever scoring mechanic at the end, we both had the most of one type of uh, collectible item. We drew in one as well, so we had to look at who had the most of the others, and she had bitten me by just one. Her mess was perfect. It was a lovely day. So anyway, I've had some stuff written down in a notebook for a while, for my uh, next Happy Happy Board Game Loving, which... Uh, turns out to be this evening. So, uh, as I'm turning my pages, oh, dear me, that's quite exciting. Um, I've written down lots of um, top five lists. Top tens are so cliche. So 2005. It's all about top fives now in this new uh, consumer society. We want things faster, we want things quicker, we want things like on time we want things in little handy snippets the wonder of uh, the wonder of a letter has given way to phone calls phone calls given way to the humble text text messages to facebook facebook to twitter our whole lives shrunk down into just 135 characters or however many it is I don't really twitter so why take 10 when we can take 5 my friends so, let's look at some of these top fives. They're all game-related, don't fear. You're in good company. So let's start with the first number five. It's only fitting with Essen here. We should look at the top gaming conference smells. So let's get started. The top gaming conference smells. At number five, it's real ale. At number four, it's an old classic, it's sweat. Number three, the smell of fear. Oh! At number two, the smell of unwashed black t-shirts. Any size will do, 
as long as there's X's involved in the label. Number one, the top gaming conference smell is Cylon. So we had some friends over the other day to play some games. Um, I managed to get out my copy of Tumbling Dice, which I just per uh, just purchased. I don't know if uh, all of you know about Tumbling Dice. I'm sure some of you do. I'm just uh, killing some time here while I quickly type Tumbling into Board Game Geek so I can get the information for you properly. Um, my edition is a third edition Tumbling Dice. Um, it's designed by Randy Nash. Randy Nash. And... Uh, published by various people. I think, I believe mine's Griffin Games. My, uh, it plays two to four players. You can practice with one. It's a dexterity game. You should check it out. There's been some good uh, video, uh, I, don't, I don't know what they call it now, video reviews, I guess, of Tumbling Dice. You get some dice, you've got a big wooden board, and you flick the dice down, bop, 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 and it flicks down all these little stairs, and then depending on what stair you end up at, um, you get a multiple of what shows on your dice. It's very clever. It's a little flick or a little push of the dice down it goes. You think that you've rolled your dice onto the four multiply step. Oh, what a shot. And it's a six. Oh, that's 24 points. And then some imbecile who's never played the game before just hurls their dice and it knocks yours flying. Suddenly you've lost your points for that dice. It's brilliant. It's a dexterity game. It's a fine piece of kit. It's lovely. We, we've just got it on our table the whole time. Our friends came, looked at it. Oh, we must play it. So there was uh, 16 people over that weekend, two weekends ago. And so we played um, like different groups, and then the winners of the group went on to play each other in the final. And it was, you just play like two turn. you just had eight, so you get four dice in a turn. At each group you had two turns through each, so you had eight dice each. So it was short and sharp, the final, everyone just had four dice, that was it, a shootout. It was great, people loved it, people stayed to play some more. If you've got friends, get tumbling dice. It's not horribly expensive. Like, it's not cheapy cheap, but we're not talking crocodile with its two hundred dollars or whatever. So hunt it down, tumbling dice. It's a fine dexterity game. We played that. Then uh, eight of us played my new card game, Kaboom. I'm not going to talk about it, even though it's my podcast, because it just seems a bit unclassy to pimp out my uh, my little card game. It's a party game. It's a card game. Check it out, Bog and Geek Kaboom! With an exclamation mark. That's all I'm going to say about it. Then after that, we played uh, Liar's Dice. I don't have the official version. Ugh, but, because of all my copies of Kaboom that I'm making to sell, I do have about 100 spare dice at the minute. So we gave everyone their five dice, a paper cup, and we were ready to go. Eight players, fantastic times to be had. I lost terribly. I'm absolutely dreadful at guessing numbers and odds. But everyone everyone kind of knows of Lies Dice or Perudo. Or if you've watched uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, they've got Pirates Dice. Or if you've played Red Dead Redemption, it's Liars Dice in that. Uh, it's a good fun game. and You know, it plays quite well. People get involved in it. And yeah, good times were had. Though I'm looking forward to Christmas when I go back to the UK for Christmas vacation. Um... I'm going to pick up a copy of Nanook, which uh, is kind of based on Liar's Dice, but it's got the, th the added theme of going hunting in the Arctic, and uh, everyone wants, some wants someone's basically said that someone's a liar. People can take sides, and it's more than just like the two people involved in the, you're a liar, oh no! So, yeah, 
I'm looking forward to that. So we just played three games, but you know, oh no, we played uh, Six Nymphs as well. Six Nymphs, the card game, which goes down very well with up to ten. You can't get a strategy involved with Six Nymphs when there's ten, but it's fun, and I somehow got zero points for the first time ever. So woohoo, go me. Anyway, a fine time to have by all. So the next um, top five list is the top five reasons to go to conventions. See, because Essence here, so I thought, yeah, let's keep it convention focused for the minute. So the top five reasons to go to conventions. Let's have a look. Number five. Go to conventions to look cool. Let's face it, that's why we go there. We go there, stroll around. Hey there, baby. Doffing our cap. Carefully, uh... Hiding our shiny heads, winking at the girls. They're there to look cool. Yes. Number four. We go to conventions to show off our superior skills at a game. We're not there to make friends. We're not there to have a good time. We're the best. And we're going to show people. And we're going to take great pleasure in doing it. Number three. We go to conventions to argue the toss about Battlestar Galactica and Firefly. Because our friends at home are sick and tired of listening to us talk about it. Number two, some of us go to conventions to make friends. I know it's quite hard to believe, but you know, needs must. You go to convention, there's one of you. You've got all your stuff ready. You're there to look cool. You've got your your latest and greatest game under your under your arm to show off your superior skills. But you've got no one to play with. You can't just sit there and play on your own. You're forced to make friends. So you might as well kind of enjoy doing it. If you've got to do it, you might as well have some fun doing it. So, I suggest, next time you're at a convention, maybe you're listening to this on your way to Essen. And I hope you are. Maybe you can plop yourself down and say, well, no, there's not that much free gaming there. Or maybe at uh, BGGCon. When you're looking... Other other podcasters say, if you're looking for people to play games with, just... uh, like stand there, lift the game in the air and shout I need four players for whatever game and then people come flocking to you I'll tell you the truth my friends winking is vastly underrated if you need people to go your game go and play a game with you take the game under your arm walk around in kind of a sultry vibe and just uh, look someone in the eye give give them a wink one of those noises as well. So you're right, mate. Maybe give them the little the finger pistols as well. If you got their attention, just uh, casually flick a finger to the game, saying, "Yeah, you like this." And before long, you have a a friendly new set of friends to play with. It's wonderful. So yeah, we go to conventions to make friends. And of course, I don't really need to say the number one reason to go to convention. We know what it is already. I think I've said this in a previous podcast, but you know, those are about eight years ago, so I've forgotten what I said really, so I'm allowed to say it again. We go to conventions to pull. Basically. It's, I'd say gaming conventions are probably only, th- maybe the third best place to pull. Behind dentist waiting rooms and circuses. I think gaming conventions are right up there. I think they're like an unploughed field. You know, there there are men there. There are women there. There are younger people there. There are older people there. There are short people, tall people, fat people, not so fat people. It's 
everyone's there. It's a wonderful playground. So, get out there. Try the winking. If you get a funny look about trying to make someone a friend, perhaps you pulled. Perfect. So I'm going to briefly talk about another game that's, that's pretty new actually, which is quite a new one for me because I'm normally talking about really old games because I'm so poor that I can't buy new games. But anyway, I thought, what with this being the pre-Essen show, I'll talk about a game that isn't going to be at Essen. But I'm talking about this game partly because I'm really excited about it, partly because it looks really good, and partly because it's on my wish list for uh, Secret Santa at BoardGameGeek.com, and I'm kind of hoping that uh, my uh, the person that's going to give me a present is listening to this and actually happens to have one of about the four copies of this game that, that have been made so far. Um, this game is uh, designed by Tim Fowers. Oh, I really want to say Flowers then, but I mustn't. Tim Fowers. And published by Gabob, Gabob, Gabob. And it's called Walkstar. And you've heard about it in other podcasts, and I'm sorry for using up some more of your time, but I want to enthuse about this some more. This game, uh, according to some information, is about an hour long. Uh, plays, I don't know, eight and up or so, I guess. Plays one to four players. It's a cooperative game. We like cooperative games. They're the new, they're the new black, aren't they? Cooperative games, they're great to play together. And um, there's a little bit of diciness. There's some sand timers. Oh, quite exciting, actually. They've got all the stuff to keep the speed going. The idea is that uh, you all play um, family members in a Chinese restaurant and uh, you've got a board that's going to keep track of your uh, ingredients and uh, you're going to have customers that come to a restaurant they, they're on like cards and so when the time starts like the time turns over your, your uh, guests start coming in and you've got a certain amount of time to cook them up their meal and so you're using ingredients from your ingredient board and when you use them you have to sort of decrease how many of the, the ingredients you've got left and uh, you're all trying to, th- um, you're preparing, so each of you is preparing a different ingredient, and so you're rolling certain dice to prepare the ingredients ready so that a person can put the dishes together, get them ready for the customer, uh, send the customer on their way with the food, um, you get paid for them, but if you take too long, the customer gets the food for free, and then if you keep the customers happy, they come back later days, but then you can develop like power ups and special skills to help you. Uh, make the food quicker it looks a lot of fun and everything I've heard about it is really exciting and I'm kind of loath to talk more about it because I'm kind of in a selfish way I want to make sure I get a copy of it myself at some point and if everyone likes the sound of it it's going to be harder to get but it's my duty uh, when when I signed up to the podcasting I had to take the podcaster's oath which was about being unselfish and always making sure I gave the best information about games possible and you know I'm I've stuck to that pretty well in the past and so Walkstar check it out it's not going to be at Essen the, the poor guy's oh, I say poor guy he's had so much interest in it that he's um, he made pre-order a pre-order list and stuff. they've all been filled and he's made those but keep an eye on it because it will come back around again it's worth getting so far uh, because of the limited numbers there's only 42 ratings on Board Game Geek it's averaging at 7.62. It's good, man. It's looking really good. I'm really excited by it. It looks fun. Cutesy art. Keep an eye out for it. Yeah. Walkstar. Get it on your watch list, fellas.
The next top five is uh, the best gaming foods. It's a uh, it's a long-standing problem when you're when you're playing a game. What should you eat? You don't you know. There's a careful balance. You don't want to go over the top on on cheesy crisps, but you don't want to just sit there eating a eating a little crack a little bit by little bit. You know you want to look after your games, but at the end of the day, they're games. They're not museum relics. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I know you're agreeing with me. So I've come up with five foods that kind of um, balance the line well when it comes to eating. They're messy, but they're not too messy. So number five is a hog roast. Mmm, greasy. Number four, jammy donuts. Mmm, squirty. Number three, trifle. Mmm, wobbly. Number two, fried chicken. Mmm, slimy. Number one, a meatball sub. My next top five is uh, things that I'm bored of. Oh man, I've got such a short attention span. So for me, I'm bored of pretty much everything. You know, I wake up and I'm bored of being awake. You know, I start eating my lunch and I'm bored of eating. But some of these things transcend even that. So let's look at things in the board gaming world I'm bored of. Number five, orcs. Number four, space marines. Number three, zombies. Number two, evil beasties. Number one, Italy. So anyway, I was playing Memoir 44 the other day with a friend of mine, and uh, without him realising I grabbed uh, one of the beasties from Battle Law, and he looked at it, and he said, after, you know, after I'd mown down a few of his allied troops with it, he said, what, what are you doing, where's, where's that from, that's not in Memoir 44, I said, ahaha, my dear friend, I am playing the Wolfenstein variant. <laughs> the old ones are the best. I'm sure you're all gasping for the next top five, so let's move on to it. This, uh, this next one is important for uh, gaming because it looks at the best colours to play as when you play a game. Like we've all got our favourite colours. Personally, I like to play as blue or yellow. Uh, blue was my favourite colour as a child and yellow when I went to a games group. No one really ever picked yellow, but someone else liked blue. And I thought, I don't really mind, I'll take yellow. And then it kind of sticks, right? You get used to a colour and, and if you play as another colour, you sometimes, I don't know if it happens to you, but I start thinking about strategies for the other colour. You know, if I have to take green, which I'm not used to being green, I suddenly start looking at the yellows and thinking, what have I done to get into this position? Or maybe I've even like reached out before and touched them, which is ridiculous. But uh, I thought I'd do a deep scientific research on this. And so uh, 
I looked up into many journals about the choice of colours in board games, and uh, believe me, there's, there's some weighty reading on the matter. And so, uh, this top five list is backed by hundreds of years of, frankly, top quality science. So, let's run this down. Um, I thought I'm gonna pick like from the normal colours. I'm not gonna. I'm just gonna go. I'm not gonna go for like ochre or uh, charcoal. Alright, we're gonna keep it simple. The worst of these five colours to play as, which I'm just about to go through, is red. Oh, it's so wonderful. Apart from the fact I'm a Tottenham fan in football or soccer, and I hate Arsenal, so I'd never even choose to be red ever because they play in red. Um, red is scientifically known to make you a target. You appear aggressive, uh, they look big, um, you look dangerous, people focus on you, you're the target if you're red. Oh, bad position to be in, so you better bring your A-game, mister, if you're going to be red or missus. The fourth best uh, colour of the five is blue. I love blue, uh, but it, it's an emotive colour. People are drawn to blue. Um, a lot of people actually like it as their favourite colour if, if you look at stupid little lists of people what's your favourite colour most people say blue especially boys and so um, although did you know traditionally uh, boys when they were born were dressed in pink because that was a manly colour and girls were dressed in blue and that's true if, if you don't believe anything else I tell you this evening and frankly you'd be a fool not to that thing about the blue and pink is true anyway um, the third best colour to play as out of the five is white because no one hates white. It's just there. They might look at you a bit like, oh, he's pink and white. He's got no, uh, he's got no personality. He's got no special interest in anything. But what, you know, no one hates white. It's just there. I quite like it, to be secretly honest with you, but no one hates white. Number two, green. Green's a great colour to be because it confuses the colour blind. They don't know what they're doing, and you've, you've won the mind game with them before you even started. Number one, the best colour to play as is yellow, because it's sneaky. It's scientifically sneaky. Oh, no one, no one expects the yellows to win in a game, and yet there it is. Sneaky, sneaky, sneaky. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Stop with the music already. Someone to confuse us with a well-worked-out podcast. Stop it. That's better. Our time's getting late, and we've still got a few more lists to go through. So, uh, in honour of um, the, the Spiel game show in Essen, Germany, um, I thought we should look at um, the best uh, gaming accessories for men. Basically, clothes, basically. Um good to play games and good to walk around uh, convention halls in vast convention halls the size of many football pitches and as tall as 13 double-decker buses I've heard. Wow. Um, women like to talk about clothes but men we love a good accessory don't we? Frankly we have to be quiet about it because we don't want to we don't want to put the, the ladies noses out of joint because that's their thing. We, we probably love accessories more than them but you know we've got to pretend that we like football or baseball or, or other sports or, or other hobbies or train spotting or ornithology or something but you know just for a few seconds 
you can revel in the uh, clothing accessories that I'm going to bring to you, and you can you can pass it off as um, as things that will make your gaming better. So it's kind of an excuse to find out. So number five, the best gaming accessories are sandals. They're very in this year. Oh, they're they're very sharp. Go for the slightly pointier toe, the slightly uh, more open strap. Um, don't go too high up the leg with the strapping though, you don't want to look like a Roman soldier. Uh, socks are without, that's the big question that goes on for generations. I say it's up to you. If you've got the confidence to wear with the sock to a conference, wear it with a sock. If you think it just looks a little bit too risque, then dial back on the socks a bit. Number four is uh, the man bra. It's, uh, it's making a big comeback really. It hasn't been around for thousands of years, and now it's back. The Mambra, um, good support um, under your uh, voluminous uh, bosom when you're sitting at the gaming table. There's nothing worse than sitting down um, at a table of uh, Twilight Imperium Three or something, and and your saggy, your saggy man baps collapsing onto the table and whacking little plastic uh, spaceships here, there, and everywhere. Keep them supported. Keeping a Mambra. Number three, what man? walking around Essen could feel comfortable without wearing a sinister top hat. It instantly gives off an air of sinisterness. It gives off an air of uh, like suspicion, but also of respect, I feel. And uh, people will uh, respect you more in the gaming hobby with a sinister top hat. Number two, you could team it up with a monocle. It could be posh pushing it too far for some of you. I think um, for the shorter gentleman, Hold back on the monocle. Uh, you look a little bit like you're trying too hard, maybe, uh, for the for the tall beanpole character. A monocle with the top hat is perfect. It's exactly what you want. Uh, that's what I'd go with. A fine monocle. Number one, if you can, grow a twirly moustache. We're soon to enter November, the month of um, male uh, cancer awareness. Uh, growing your moustaches for charity so now's a good excuse get a, get a head start on the rest of the field um, start on your twirly moustache today if you haven't already quite frankly I've been growing mine for the last few months just because I knew this fashion was coming in um, it doesn't need to be ridiculously long uh, for the portly fellow I would say um, a longer one is good it accentuates um, the curves of your face more than the rotundness which is important uh, a little bit of fluff under the lip uh, kind of adds to it as well um, for, for the ginger gentleman uh, keep it fine and well waxed for the for the darker haired uh, gentleman with the dark moustache it can be thicker uh, for those that are going grey revel in the greyness go for a bigger soul patch of beard underneath so there they are the five best gaming accessories that are in fashion right now actually anyway you know what I'm nearly in, at the end of my time this evening I think it's getting late um, I've regaled you with, uh, with fine tales I've given you a fine time on your journey or sitting in front of your computer there's still enough time for one more top 5 which I'll finish the show with but I thought I should uh, give the usual um, contact details in case you want to berate me for this show I do apologise um, my email address is hamsteroffury that's all one word no p in hamster for goodness sake we're not seven year old girls 
or some of you might be and hello if you're listening uh, please thank your dad for me for for allowing you to listen today anyway it's h-a-m-s-t-e-r o-f-f-u-r-y at hotmail dot com um, I'm Hamster Fury on Board Game Geek for those of you that don't know boardgamegeek.com is a website about board games how interesting don't you love it when a website does what you think it should because of the title anyway I'm the user there if you um, look into um, message posts of different people I'm the one who has um, the Japanese girl that sort of does a big grin to camera and then looks down as his avatar and uh, I rarely ever post anything of any consequence much like my podcast in fact um, also I know I haven't released many podcasts recently I do apologise for it it's quite hard to keep motivation sometimes when uh, I guess during the summer here it gets very hot oh blah, 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 bore me and uh, but yeah maybe I'll kick into it a bit more um, leading up to around and after Christmas who knows to be honest if you've got anything um, you want to chuck at this show I'll take um, messages I'll take um, sound files sent to my email address and if I've got some stuff and if I've received some stuff from people and if I've got some stuff that I want to say I'll bundle it all together and maybe we'll have another show how about that no promises but how about that I also um, accept free games I accept um, whether they're cast offs whether they're the latest greatest game whether you just don't want them anymore I accept those uh, contact me at my email address um, yeah so that's it really um, thanks for listening enjoy uh, the spiel show in SN over the coming days if you're going if not you can watch the video link on Board Game Geek. I think they've got a good one going on. Um, if not, then just enjoy your week. Have a nice week. Don't work too hard. And have a lovely weekend. So, to finish the show, the top five things that shouldn't be a game. At number five, it's a vet's life. Number four, cockfighter. Number three, nobody expects the game of the Spanish Inquisition. Number two, burn baby burn, the capital punishment game of Old Testament values. And at number one, the bestiality game. Thank you and good night. Oh yeah, by the way, as a warning, I uh, I say bestiality in this show. Just a warning. <laughs>